Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on today's uh, episode, I have a, a fellow passionate traveler and a points and miles expert. His name is Ian Snyder, and he has a great blog called, uh, it's called Points, Miles, and Life. <laughs> points, Miles, and Life. Com. And he has a really interesting story too about he's going to be adopting three children. So if you're interested in those topics about travel, obviously, and about points and miles, and especially about adop adoptions, you know, you're in for a treat in this episode. So Ian, uh, start off with, why do we need to know you a little bit better if you want to share a little bit more about yourself for the people listening and watching? All right. Thanks, Ricky. Um, I live in far north California. Um, my wife and I currently do not have any kids. Um, I live in and what I like to call behind the Redwood Curtain. So north of San Francisco, um, quite a ways, about five hours, and that uh, makes it traveling a little hard at times, but we've managed to figure out ways to, to make it work with, with points and miles and such. Um, I got into the points and miles game about uh, four years ago, started with our honeymoon, kind of dreaming up ideas, and we ended up using a bunch of points to take a long Amtrak trip. Um, since then, I've really upped my game, and I got hired. I, I'm, a, I'm a contractor for Dan, right, for Dan Miller, uh, and contribute to his blog uh, as far in addition to running my own. Um, and he writes pointsforthecrew.com. So I write there, uh, cover like deals and and uh, mileage uses and all kinds of other travel stuff. So uh, my wife and I are also like like Ricky said, we are we are uh, awaiting. A trip to go meet our three kids. Uh, we are super excited to be adopting three kids from uh, from Costa Rica. Um, there's there's a girl who's ten and two boys, seven and three, and they are all siblings. And uh, we are quite excited and all and nervous though because we currently do not have kids. So this parenting thing is going to be a big start. <laughs> start with a bang. So it's going to be, but it's going to be good. So anyway, I have miles and, and points saved up for that for that trip as well. So we've been planning for that for a couple of years. Um, I guess I should also say my day job is working for an environmental consulting company um, that I do enjoy, and I work about two blocks from my house, which makes life really small and convenient when I can be at work in three minutes. So that's where I currently am right now. Long day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have three kids. Uh, you can, if you're uh, watching this, you can actually see one of them. That's our oldest. Her name's Rianne. Uh, do you want to say anything, Rianne? What do you want to say? What's your favorite country? What's your favorite country? That's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, I have a couple. Um, one of my favorites that I've traveled to that's a little off the beaten path is the tiny country of San Marino in, uh, in Europe. It's in, within Italy. It's an enclave. And my wife and I stayed there uh, for just, what, I think three nights um, last summer, and it was absolutely spectacular. Very interesting little country. So I'm not sure if that's my favorite. I have only been to 13, so I, but uh, that list is growing year by year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I'm curious to know about your uh, uh, points and miles blog. So tell us about the origin story. Uh, when did you start it? And um, within points and miles, what are the major topics you cover? Um, well, I I started it mainly as just I thought, hey, I, I see all these blogs out there. I want to try my hand at this. It's super cheap. And I just started writing. And um, at first, I just wanted to kind of document. I, I called it points, miles, and life because um, I didn't want to just document points and miles and deals and credit cards and all that typical stuff you see on, on blogs. I wanted to have like a, 
um, just a, a record of our own adventures as well. And that was kind of the emphasis there. And, and I only really write about two articles a week. Um, I try to, these days I try to do um, cover when I can, like a couple times a month, best uses of miles, um, sometimes credit card deals, but I also try to throw in all my own stories and my own travels and such as I go. So that's, I mean, it's a, it's a total combo travel blog. I, ha I have very little traffic, honestly, um, but writing there did land me the gig with Dan. So that was probably the biggest, the biggest uh, step that that's. That cost. So. And by, by the way, for those of you who are regular listeners, uh, you can actually listen to that episode, uh, uh, Points with the Crew with Dan Miller. Uh, I interviewed him about, uh, I think it was a month ago, I was actually in Trinidad and Tobago and I had a great interview with him, a uh, fellow dad uh, with multiple kids, more than me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he has a great blog, uh, definitely very, very, very inspiring. Um, so uh, curious to know about um, what are your top tips uh, if people want to get into the points game? Uh, any tips or advice you would give to someone who's brand new at travel hacking? Hmm. Brand new. I have what I call a travel hacker starting plan. Um, I mean, if you, if you are interested in points and miles and interested in getting into this game, interested in free travel, um, I highly suggest that, that you pick up the Chase Sapphire Preferred as your first card. I feel like it's the first um, starting point. I mean, if you're not, if you're not familiar with credit cards, not familiar with miles and points, um, I really don't think you can go wrong with it. Has a good sign up bonus, has strong earning, has a lot of transfer, transferable partners. Um, and even if you just redeem through their portal, it's, it's one and a quarter cents per, per point. So um, I always suggest people start there. Um, I also suggest that whichever cards you do start with, um, you research their, 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 um, loyalty programs and get acquainted with everything. I, I find a lot of people jump in and say, Oh, I want to earn these miles. And then you don't know what to do with them. I'm like, that's, that's where that's earning the miles is only half the game. The other half is knowing how to redeem them. And that's where you really need to, you really need to focus on that just as much as accumulating miles. So I tell people come up with a plan. If you don't have a plan and you're interested, pick up this, the chase Sapphire preferred, but preferably come up with a plan for your first trip and then get the cards that match that plan. So those are my, those are my few starting tips. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so, you know, come up with a plan and then based on the plan, uh, you know, figure out the card and the points. Um, you know, uh, one thing to accumulate points, whole out of the ball game to actually redeem them properly. There's all these horror stories of people redeeming it for toasters and appliances. Um, any tips on how to apl apply the points and uh, redeem them so you don't get stuck with the toaster? <laughs> it's funny. I actually just wrote a, an article for Points of the Crew called Four Worst Uses of United, United Miles. And I literally had a picture of a toaster as the merchandise you could get for 20,000 United Miles, which is terrible. It's like you could, you could fly. I contrasted that with you could fly from the U.S. to northern South America for the same amount of miles as you just got that toaster. I mean, that's, that's how terrible that that redemption is. Um, but I would, I would highly suggest just um, looking, looking at the various programs. I, I suggest transferable points because then at the end of the day, if you get the Chase Sapphire Preferred, you can transfer to Hyatt, you can transfer to United, you can transfer to Southwest, you can transfer to British Airways. You have a lot of options on the table. If that's the case, you're not stuck with the currency that you can't use. I mean, the current, the current issue right now is like, like advantage is I call it disadvantage miles because you can't, if you're interested in American Airlines domestic travel, you can't use them right now. It's, most of the award space is, is terrible and at least live in the West Coast and where I want to go. I mean, maybe it's better other places, but, but, um, 
But honestly, it's I would suggest flexible points and then look up the programs you want to you want to use. And either there's and there's two two main pathways: plan really far out or look last minute. That's when I find the best availability is, is around. And and burn the points with an airline, not for the toaster. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, uh, do you have any loyalty to any of the major alliances in terms of uh, uh, airlines and also in terms of hotels? None. Airlines, none. I am the most disloyal flyer out there. I will chase the points. And I'll chase the miles. I'll chase the fares, the cheap fares. Um, I have no loyalty. I don't fly enough to, uh, to make it economical. If I live near a hub and I could consistently fly one airline, I might chase, like, I, I probably only fly enough, honestly, to maybe reach gold status. Um, and it, that would even be questionable most years, but um, and I have to I have to meet the dollars for sure with the with the credit card offset for the for the spin. But um, I fly I fly whatever works. I mean I have no I have no like there's no airline I really won't fly at least within reason. Like I, I've even I've flown Legion and I didn't mind them. I mean it's, I've gone I've gone that far. I haven't flown Spirit yet, but um, I've flown Delta, American, United. And, handful of foreign airlines in the last year and, and it's I have no loyalty. Uh, hotels I obviously prefer Hyatt and Starwood. Uh, I find their points are the most valuable uh, by far but I also find that their footprints are smaller and so it makes them a little hard to stay to stay loyal to. They're also pricier and so I find that my 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 cheap chain of choice is IHG and um, that's who I that's who I'm, I'm, I'm not super loyal with hotels but I find myself defaulting to IHG and Starwood the most. Well, you know, it's definitely good you're a travel hacker because you're going to be adding uh, three children soon. You're going to have a family of five. And, uh, you know, uh, airline travel with five people isn't cheap. <laughs> I know it because I'm traveling with five. Uh, luckily, my son, Renzo, he's only a year and a bit old, so he gets free flights right now. Every now and then, he has to pay, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, taxes and stuff like that. But more or less, he's free. Uh, and then the other two will have to pay uh, sometimes full price, which is crazy. And then obviously it's uh, me and my wife, so it adds up. So um, I'm curious to know uh, how is um, adoption going to change everything? Uh, you know, it's a huge, uh, huge, huge thing to adopt. Uh, one kid, two kids, but you're actually gone gung ho and adopting three. Tell us more. Tell us more about the thought process and the background story there. Oh well, um, for starters, my wife and I, before we even got married, we talked about adoption. It's something we've always been open to. She has wanted to adopt kids for years. And uh, we, we were married for about nine months, and we were talking, hey, we want to start saving money. We're doing, doing both of us are working right now, and so we're trying to put aside some money for adoption. And, and somehow, nine to 12 months in, we decided we're going to adopt soon and not 10 years out like we initially planned. So um, a lot of our motivation to adopt comes from, comes from uh, my, our core values and beliefs. We're, my wife and I are both Christians. And, and we really want to help adoptive kids. And we supported adopted or supported kids in orphanages previously. And um, and we decided right now we can we can do this. We're open to this idea. Not a lot of people are. Uh, we really wanted to adopt. Um, and now we're finally after three years of the process, we've gotten close. We pursued the sibling set of kids. Finally got matched in June. And now we're, we're looking forward to traveling to meet them in in September. It's, it's exciting and uh, most exciting. 
Well, definitely congratulations on that front. Um, I'm glad I'm interviewing you now in July because I know in September you'll be, I'm too busy, Ricky, uh, you know, uh, reach out to me in the five, six months. So I'm super glad we're doing this before you make the plunge into parenting three more children. And by the way, we resonate on that uh, faith level too. Uh, you know, during our travels, we volunteered orphanages. We're working with YWAM. Um, it stands for Youth with a Mission. We were just there in uh, Medellin, Colombia, where we are currently. Um, we stayed there about 10 days teaching English and, uh, yeah, really um, giving back however we can. Uh, and it's definitely great to connect with um, kids and for our kids to actually travel and meet the other local kids. So, uh, you know, thumbs up for what you're doing. I'm curious, uh, I'm curious to know about <clears throat> why did you guys choose Costa Rica? Is there any uh, affinity for the country or was it just easier to adopt there? Uh, tell us more about the reason for the country choice. Um, when we first looked at adopting, we were actually looking at Eastern Europe. Um, and then about a year in, Kelsey, my wife, and I talked. Um, and we just felt like we, we like Costa Rica and Latin American country was a better fit. Um, she had volunteered in an orphanage in Mexico for, um, once or twice. And I'd also gone on mission trips to northern Mexico. Um, I'm not fluent in Spanish, but I can get by in Spanish. And so, I mean, we have affinity for Hispanic culture, and I, and I felt like that, there's more connection there in our minds than, than, uh, than Eastern Europe. So um, we decided to switch. Our agency was really open. We're also open to siblings. And, and one thing that stood out to us on the paperwork, we looked over the countries with our agency, was Costa Rica said they had many sibling sets. And so, you know what, if you want two from the get-go, now we have three. We're getting three. <laughs> but we, from the get-go, we wanted two. And I thought, you know what, if they have many sibling sets, let's adopt from there. So that's, um, it, it, once we made the decision, we felt so much more at peace with everything. And it was, it was very, very, um, it was very, very good. And uh, tell us about the process by uh, adoption process. Like um, uh, maybe if you don't mind walking us through some of the costs, uh, the logistics, the legal, the legal, uh, legalese, <laughs> walk us through those elements. Okay. Um, you start with a home study. Uh, there's there's a couple a couple items you gotta you gotta go through. Initially, you just make an initial application to an agency to adopt. It's pretty much impossible to adopt without going through an agency these days. Um, I mean, you can, but it's just best to go to, to do that way. You get your home study done. Social worker comes in, interviews you, and makes sure you're not crazy, and make sure that your home is is safe for for the kids. It's it's really it seems intimidating. It's, it's it wasn't as bad as it as it sounded. Um, once you have that out of the way. You go on and put together a dossier if, if, if you're doing international adoption. I don't really know the domestic process, but we're doing international adoption. Dossier is essentially this giant stack of paperwork that you put together and you send down to the country. We send it off to Costa Rica. They review it. They approve us to be adopted. That whole process normally takes about 18 months. Um, ours was extended to over two years due to various factors. I was actually still finishing school when we first started the process. Um, I was working a second job. It was crazy, but now I'm settled into to one job and things have got a lot more stable. We got all that wrapped up, and then, our, and then it took us almost a year to get matched. Um, and matching is basically from the point the agent says, hey, you're approved, we'll match you with kids, when they, and then until they finally decide to match you with, with, with children. And now we're in the final waiting phase of a few months before we get down to meet them. And in Costa Rica's case, we have to go down there for about two months, be with the kids, start, start bonding as a family, and then we'll, we'll bring them home to to California, um, probably in November. And cost, it costs about 30 grand, $30,000 to do this. So it's, it's definitely a chunk of change.
Um, I'm curious about, um, when are you going to actually get to meet them? Um, and also, also like kind of like how long do you spend with them before you actually can bring them back uh, to the US, USA? Uh, we will we will actually Skype with them. That's one of the things we're going to do soon. We're going to Skype with them in, in probably a couple weeks. I think we'll do a couple Skype calls. Um, I'm actually more nervous about that than actually meeting in person, <laughs> strangely enough. So it seems weird to me to, to, to Skype like that, but um, but that's that's what we're supposed to do. Um, and I, I'm excited to meet them, but it's just like, I don't know what to say. We're going to have a translator and talk in Spanish. This is going to be weird, but um, I, we can't wait to get down there. And the, the in-country process usually takes about five to six weeks. So uh, most families are down there six, sometimes eight, just depends on, depends on the situation. Um, in pulling us back to travel, I'm actually gonna sit on some of my miles, um, flexible points to probably book, book tickets, return tickets once we actually finalize the adoption down there. So we're gonna, we're gonna stay down there through that and then book our return once we actually can have a return date because I don't wanna pay change fees times five for, for uh, <laughs> missing the flights. Any exciting times for you uh, with this uh, adoption process? Tell us about um, your feelings. Uh, what's going on in your mind, your heart, your spirit, your, your kind of uh, your soul? Uh, what's going on with you and your wife? Is there nervousness? Is there excitement? Uh, is there, I can't believe we just did this. Uh, I want to hear those emotions. Well, there's definitely both nervousness and excitement that kind of fluctuates back and forth all the time. Um, it's we've we've had um, a little bit of communication from agencies so far. We we're hope we're like we want to get more from them, and it's just you're kind of on edge. You're like it's we've been waiting so long, and now we're finally matched. We have faces, we have pictures, we have names. We have, we know these are going to be our kids, and it's like it's weird to be nervous. And is that sense like nervous? Not in the sense of like I'm, I'm worried about meeting them or anything, but like you have that burden. At least we do. My wife and I both feel like we're burdened and, and afraid we might fail these kids. And and I, it's a it's an odd thing to to feel in this case because like you know what these these kids have already been through a lot. They've had we know their back some of their backstory and they've had really rough past few years. And we know we want to want to just be able to show them love and. And uh, be integrated as a family, and but at the same time we have that burden of like, man, what happens if we we mess them up even more? And I and I know it's not really a valid concern. I, my wife is absolutely wonderful. I know she's going to do fantastic. I, I hope I do fine. We'll see. <laughs> but um, but it's 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 mainly just that mix of nervousness due to that factor mixed with our excitement just to be parents and just to love on these kids and and uh, and be their parents. You know, uh, yeah, definitely very exciting. Um, any tips or advice for people who maybe want to get into adoption as well? I mean, uh, you know, we talked about travel hacking, and now you get to give some tips to any aspiring adopted adoptee parents. Um, if it's something that is on your heart, I would suggest start start at least talking with the agency. Get a get a dialogue going. Get some get some information. Starts start uh, investigating what does what does it take what's the cost what's all these things when kelsey and i set out to do this we knew it was going to cost a lot of money we knew there could be some heartaches we knew it would be a long process um and it's it's met it's it's been difficult at times i would say don't be don't be turned away by the difficulty of it um if you have the financial means if you have the gun people fundraise too i mean 
you've hardly done any, but but some people get fundraising now to do it. Don't, so don't be turned off by finances either. There's grants and stuff. But um, I would just I would just suggest if it's something that's on your on your heart at all, just look into it and and see if you see if it's a good fit. There's there's always horror stories with adoptions of, of adoptions gone wrong and and kids that don't bond with parents and serious issues, but that's really it's like anything in news. It's, the hard cases bubble the surface, they come out. All the wonderful cases, um, people don't see that all the time. It's like and and we know at the end of the day, this is going to be a good thing. This is going to be good for the kids. It's going to be good for us. It's going to challenge us. It's going to stretch us, and we're not really afraid of that. Um, afraid of that challenge either. Well, you know, it's been great chatting with you about, um, you know, your travels, about travel hacking and about adoption. Uh, if people wanted to, um, you know, find out more about any of those things, uh, you know, it's definitely been inspiring. People might have questions about travel hacking, about adoption, about yourself, about, you know, your faith, or even all of the above. How can they reach out to you, Ian? Um, you can reach me at, at ian at pointsmilesandlife.com. Um, you can also reach me at isnyderenterprises at gmail.com. So either of those emails I, I respond to um, a lot. Um, you can reach me on, on Facebook at, and you can find me at Point Smiles and Life Facebook page. Um, you can also just find, you'll, you'll see my name on, on the Points with the Crew uh, website as well. And if you, if you leave a comment or a message, I can get in contact with you that way as well. I mean, technically the contact page is for Dan. So, but um, he forwards, yeah, there's been questions that have come to us and he'll forward stuff to me. So. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I hardly you can hardly catch me on Twitter. I might I might check it, but I suggest Facebook or email is the best way to get a hold of me. Well, you know what? Um, once things slows down on the adoption front, if it ever does, we'd love to have you back on the show to hear the after story. We've heard the before, and you know, fast forward a few months, we'd love to invite you back to do the after as well. That sounds great. That sounds great. We'll see what time I got. I might be uh, wrangling kids full time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, we can have all of our kids on the show together. I could have the three of ours bouncing around. You can have the three of uh, yours bouncing around. And we could have a little family get together through the power of technology. That'd be perfect. That'd be perfect. <laughs> uh, so, once again, uh, thanks everyone for tuning into this episode. Make sure you check out Ian's uh, website, uh, Points, Miles, and Life. And if you have any questions about his faith, about his travels, about his travel hacking, about adoption, or anything else under the sun, make sure you reach out to him. As you can tell, he's a super nice guy, very, very ready, willing, and able to give back, make a difference, and show you what, he, what he's already gone through. So once again, Ian, uh, thanks again for being on the show, and best of luck, luck in the next few months as you adopt three lovely kids. And may God bless you in this journey as a new parent. Thanks, Ricky. It's been great. Have a good night. Ian, to this episode of Digital Nomad Master, where we teach you not only how to make money while traveling the world, but also how to save money using travel hacking. And today, as you've seen, also how to adopt kids. Uh, great episode. And uh, make sure you leave us a rating and review if you liked what you heard or saw. And uh, you don't know, ask any questions, reach out to Ian, reach out to myself, and we'll catch you in the next episode. One last thing, we also have an active Facebook group. It's called um, Digital Nomad Mastery Community. Uh, you, if you want to get engaged and connect with other digital nomads, other world travelers, uh, you know, uh, make sure you join that group as well. Just search it out on Facebook, Digital Nomad Mastery Community. Travels, and we'll catch you in the next episode.